Welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shani, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Six Hats podcast. And today we have Kay Fitzgerald from Melbourne Trichology with us. And we're going to be talking all about hair, which I'm sure you're so happy to hear. Now, Kay founded Melbourne Trichology to bring honesty and genuine help to those struggling with hair loss. She has vast experience in hair loss conditions, having consulted with thousands of patients and working alongside other world leaders in the hair loss industry. So, Kay, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be uh, joining you all today. And Kay, I would love to start, like, how did you start in this whole journey with hair? Like, you're so passionate about it. I'd love for you to share your story. Sure. Well, it was probably 13 going on 14 years ago. It doesn't start off as a very nice or happy story or anything like that. But my husband was killed in an accident. And as a consequence, post the accident, a lot of weight loss, a lot of stress. And so I was experiencing some hair thinning. And I went to the dermatologist. And I remember when I came out, I kind of thought nothing was really explained thoroughly. And there was also nothing instantly in terms of camouflage or things to make you feel better instantly while they're trying to get your hair growth back. So that was the start for me because I remember walking out and thinking, this has to be better. This has to be more customer patient focused and trying to fix things instantly. So I, I had some telogen effluvium post the accident and but from there it continued to improve, but it still left me then with the passion of helping people, you know. So that was how that started. So I guess if the accident didn't happen, we probably wouldn't have Melbourne Trichology now. But you know, yeah, that's that's how it all started. Wow, what a story, Kay. And, you know, clearly it was just the impact of stress was there. And I'm so sorry to hear yeah. what happened. And this is what we're going to go into a bit later, the impact of stress and hair loss and the condition that you mentioned. Before we even go into that, I know many of our listeners are asking, you know, what exactly is a trichologist? And when do you decide, do you, you know, when does someone decide to see you versus a dermatologist for hair loss? So a trichologist is more holistic. They will, once you're given a diagnosis, then you'll be given options. So for example, we'll talk about natural options, topical, if you did nothing, and then there's medications. So we go through, because even though, for example, you may need medication for your best response, a lot of people don't want medication. So we need to give you options of what is going to suit you better mentally as well as, you know, physically and getting your hair back. So a trichologist will offer you all that where a dermatologist is generally just medication. So there's there's no choice really in those sort of options. So Makes that would be the difference, yeah. Makes sense. And you worked alongside so many dermatologists and I love your story, Kay, how you're so confident and proficient in diagnosis because you're working alongside dermatologists, seeing a lot of conditions. But the best part of your story is that you can offer all the alternatives 
as well. And we'll go into your hair salon and how you've created a hair salon for women with hair, um, hair loss as well, which is amazing. So Kay, I'd love to know what is the most common reason for hair loss in women that we're seeing today? So over the last few years, I think post-COVID, post-vaccines, we've seen a bit of an increase in telogen effluvium, which is more the shock loss that will recover, however, whether we intervened or not. So women that are experiencing that type of extreme hair loss, even if they didn't do anything, it would recover. However, it's often better to get the diagnosis because sometimes it can be mistaken for diffuse alopecia areata, which also can be triggered by stress. So it's often good to get a diagnosis just to know which one you have. But most of the time, like 98% of the time, it would be telogen effluvium. But now and then we're going to get a case of diffuse alopecia areata, which is not the round patches. It's just presenting in all over shedding. Yeah. So we want to know early on if that one's happening. I'd love for you to just dive deeper. How do you describe telogen effluvium? What does that mean? So that's an increase in shedding. And the difference would be, you know, because often there can be a variation when you have a a shower in how much hair you lose. And commonly, if you change the amount of times you wash your hair per week, that can change how much hair you'll see shedding in the shower. So if I go from washing my hair every second day to once a week, Potentially, when I wash once a week, I will see more hair in the shower that has shed. But it's really the same amount that would have shed over that week, if that makes sense, yeah? But it's just we're not rubbing where that hair is about to fall off. We've let it sit there for a bit longer before we've shampooed, you know? So coming out anyway, where telogen effluvium, what happens is you'll notice hair all over the place in the bed. And if you've washed your hair and blow dried it, even after a blow dry, if you pull on it, it will come out. Now that shouldn't be happening because after you've washed it, you should have lost those excess hairs that were going to fall out. So if you can pull hairs out easily after you've blow dried, that's a a pretty positive sign that you're positive for telogen effluvium. Yeah. I'd love for you to mention shedding and just to say what's like the normal percentage of shedding because I often actually get this as a GP and that's the first thing patients notice is like how much hair they're shedding and what they see in the bathroom so this is really really great information because you know what is considered normal and what is considered abnormal. Yeah so look normally you would have around normally you've got 85% of your hair in a growing phase and 15% in a shedding phase it's going to depend on the length of your hair too but if you have long hair and then you feel like well you're losing more hair in the shower clearly you will be but generally it's say 15% so you would want it's we have charts like shedding charts where you know they scale from one to six but it depends on the length of your hair, you know. But you would expect to see shedding each time you do have a shower and wash your hair. Unless your hair is really short, well, then in that case, you won't see it. But each time you wash your hair, definitely, it shouldn't be a big ball of hair. 
you know, unless you have really long hair and wash once a week, well, then potentially you'll get like a little um, a little ball of hair. So, but people tend to know when they are shedding more than they should be. And often you can have a little bit more of a shedding phase and it just recovers. So you'll know if it's really excessive and then that's when it's often good. You know, sometimes we'll run pathology and see if there's any other underlying issues that may be causing the shedding as well. So if there's any deficiencies, sometimes weight loss can cause some telogen effluvium. So bonus is you lose weight, lose, lose a bit of hair too, but it does recover. Yeah. What about stress? Is that one of the key factors? Yes, definitely. So stress can be, and it's hard to pinpoint because sometimes you, you may have been more stressed at another period and then you're not so stressed this time, but you've lost your hair this time. But the body is just a bag of mixed chemicals really, isn't it? And so it depends what's happening within your body as to how it responds. But definitely stress can be a cause of telogen effluvium. However, it's very rare that you would lose more than, you know, 50%. So, you know, you can lose 20 30% is common. 80% is very rare and all of it, no. We don't expect to see you losing all of it from telogen effluvium. It does grow back, but the concern is for people that it takes so long to get back to that length and that fullness, you know, but we'll definitely come back with telogen effluvium. It's so good that you mentioned that because I think that's one of the biggest fears when you notice that increased hair loss. The first thing that comes to mind is, am I going to lose everything? And it's going to happen very quickly. So that's actually really reassuring, okay, just to know that it's slow, but it's also slow to grow back. So it's looking at alternatives, which we're going to dive into. So you mentioned a few things like how you do pathology and how nutrients are so important for hair. And what I see quite commonly is the low iron, and I'm sure many are familiar with low iron linked to hair loss. But what do you see okay, in your in your clinic? Well, commonly and particularly recently, this last couple of years, we're seeing deficiencies in vitamin D and iron. And um, as you know, generally in Caucasian people, their vitamin D is normally okay. It's more if you have the darker pigmented skin that you can be deficient. But I'm just seeing it across the board, just about with every pathology that we run we're getting a deficiency in both vitamin D and iron, so which, you know, do contribute to hair and can affect your hair, as you know. So then we look at thyroid and other hormones and things that may be contributing. So sometimes we will run pathology, you know, for those reasons, but definitely there's more deficiencies going on these days. Biotin is something that we often prescribe as well for patients to help speed up the growth, you know, of the hair because generally your hair will grow one centimetre a month. So post, you know, hair loss and having telogen effluvium, you know, we will recommend in terms of natural, there's medications we can give you as well. But before we would put you on any medication, we have to establish if there's any female or male pattern hair loss because, you know, if we started you on minoxidil, for example, that's okay if you have telogen effluvium because we can speed up the recovery with that. But if you had female pattern hair loss as well, 
then when you stop that, the hairs that were improved by the minoxidil will shed. Wow. So there's a lot to consider. Yeah, there's a lot to consider. If it's telogen effluvium on its own, it's beneficial. But is there any female pattern hair loss thing? So, yeah, it's definitely options and treatments. Yeah, kind of sidetracked to female pattern hair loss. And how do you diagnose that? What does that look like? So that's when the hairs are miniaturizing. So basically the blood supply becomes less to that hair follicle because the hair follicles are being attacked by DHT, which is genetic. It's not anything that these people are doing. It's not about their shampoos or, you know, how often they're washing. It's nothing to do with that at all. It's not about wearing caps. Often, you know, when men are experiencing hair loss, they'll notice it before anybody else does, and they'll wear a cap. And then a year or so later, when you see them without that cap, you'll be like, it's thinned out. And you'll say, oh, that cap's making you lose your hair. But it is not a contributing factor at all. It was just them trying to disguise it earlier on, you know. Um, getting back to the signs of female pattern hair loss. So those hairs are miniaturizing. So instead of them growing as long as what they did, their anagen cycle, their growing cycle will shorten. The hairs will shorten. And then you'll find you can't style your hair like you used to you know, because those hairs are not getting the length anymore, the density anymore. So generally, to give you a diagnosis of female pattern hair loss, it doesn't always show up in hormonal tests. So quite often, you know, people will want to run pathology for that, but it doesn't always show pathology. So we're looking at around 15% of miniaturized hairs to put you in the category of female or male pattern hair loss. So, because as we age, our hairs will miniaturize anyway, but, you know, it's the percentage and the gap. Normally, you're looking at the part line that's widening ah, with right. the females. Yeah, so the part line will start to widen and it affects the anterior hairline sort of a little bit more at the front. So, for the women, they become quite self-conscious mm. because that's where they're generally noticing it more is at the front. Yeah. So, but easy, very easy to diagnose. Pathology is not necessary for diagnosing male or female pattern hair loss. And is the treatment a combination of medication and nutrients? Yeah, so it'll often be a combination where we'll perhaps put you on, well, if you wanted a natural DHT inhibitor, we would recommend saw palmetto. But then we're looking, is there any depression? and things like that. You know, just because it's plant-based, it doesn't mean that there can't be side effects to that. So saw palmetto will generally give you 20 to 30% protection from your hair follicles being attacked. And if we were to go with an anti-androgen, such as spironolactone or finasteride, you'd normally look between 60 to 80% protection from the hair follicles being attacked. So it's what people feel comfortable with, but you can do a combination of natural and medication because you might think, I'm comfortable to do, I'm not take minoxidil, but I don't like the thought of these anti-androgens. So you can mix it up, definitely, yeah. Makes sense. And the journey is long. That's what we probably have to say, isn't it? It's not a couple of weeks, it's a couple of months. 
in terms of hair regrowth? Would that be right, Kay? Yeah, look, if we were to put patients on medication, for example, generally within three months, and it's so lovely when they come back in and we redo the photos and we compare them because it's like, this is so good. Like I'm seeing changes even just within three months. And I used to say to patients, look, don't expect much within the first three months, but we're really seeing some great results three months post and there's no trickery involved in the photos. It's the same camera and, you know, people want results. So it's generally three to four months later. So you won't see the results within a month or eight weeks, but sort of once you get to that three months, you'll definitely, most people will start to see a difference Then six months again. If you have male or female patent hair loss though, androgenetic alopecia, it's something you have to do ongoing. It's not like we become unwell and we take a medication and it makes it better and we stop it. It's something that you'll need to do ongoing, you know, or as long as I say to my patients, look, if you take it for 10 years or five years, that's five years or 10 years of better quality hair than what you would have had. And then when you stop it, over 12 months, you will go back to where you should have been. Do you know what I mean? So not where they are today when they started, but where they were supposed to be. So for these young men and women in their 20s, for example, you know, they're not married yet and they're very self-conscious. If we get them through their 20s, then they can decide when they get to 30, do they want to continue it? But, you know, at least they've had 10 years or five years or two years. I mean, the choice is theirs how long they want to stay on it, but we just want to be realistic at the very outset that, you know, this is not a short term unless you want it to be, but to keep the hair, we have to continue. It doesn't mean they have to have, you know, ongoing three monthly checkups. It depends if they're on a prescription anti-androgen because, you know, we have to monitor some of those. But yeah, basically we want them to have their life back and have control and not having to come and see us every three months. But initially while we're trying to get them stable, they'll come and visit us a bit more regularly and it's six months and it's 12 months. And But it is really quite treatable and, you know, it's just, it's exciting, you know, the responses that we get with the medications and the change because often what comes with hair loss is depression, anxiety and self-isolation because patients don't want to go to social functions so much and see family that they haven't seen for a year because their hair's, you know, receding or just getting thinner. So mental health is a really big part of hair loss. You know, so we want to keep your mental and, and if we can help with camouflage, things like that, you know, it doesn't cost anything. If you come in and not not just with me, but, you know, when you do, we'll do all that for you and show you the camouflage. And that way you're not going out buying things, not knowing how to use them as well. And you can see that difference as well, just with camouflage. You know, that was actually my next question. Like, I love the fact that you set up a hair salon just for women going through hair loss. And you mm. mentioned something so important, the mental health surrounding it. And you're just so sensitive, mm. empathic towards it. Mm-hmm. Describe more. What, what's your hair salon like? Why is it different? Well, the hair salon, it's very private. 
but we're only dealing with patients that have or clients that are experiencing hair loss or scalp issues. So you don't feel self-conscious. Quite often, it's just you in the salon. So I don't, at this particular salon in Williamstown, I don't have two people at one time. It will just be you in the clinic, in the salon, having that experience, you know. And so there's no pulling on your hair because often if you go to a, a normal salon, the hairdressers, you know, the hairdressers are all about styling and they're not conscious about hair loss and how sensitive you are to having your hair combed. I mean, often I will just do dry haircuts because some people don't really want their hair washed or touched in that way and they just want the tiniest bit off and it's like so they can just come in and it's very quick and we just do a dry haircut. They're not traumatised. So it's very different to a, a regular salon in that way because it's all about that patient in term, or client in terms of how they want their hair touched. They're not wanting to have it washed, but they want a haircut, you know. With colour, sometimes with colour, they might just have a few greys in their hair, so they don't want all of their hair coloured. So I'll just colour those few greys. Do you mean? So they're not having a full colour at all. It's just that. So it's so personable, you know, and nothing is, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, and people don't feel self-conscious. It's safe. And that's what we want, a safe environment for them to get their hair done. That's amazing. So, so lucky for women to have that service available. Can you talk more Mm. about camouflage? I'm curious, what does, what does camouflage mean? So the camouflage is just, often we need to just take away the contrast of the scalp and the hair. So for example, and you can even get these things from the supermarket or price line, like colour touch sprays that you can sort of just lift even though they're marketed for grey regrowth they're actually very good if you spray some on your scalp because it then takes away the contrast of your skin so the hair is not looking so see-through and then there's the keratin fibers that I love so they're your building fibers your hair is made of keratin so this is mimicking your hair and what it does it clings to the cuticle and acts like hair and it just fills it up so beautifully. So often the camouflage sprays are waterproof. The hair fibres are not waterproof. But, you know, as long as you know that, you know, okay, when I go swimming, I can use the spray. And if I'm going out for the night or just general day-to-day, I can – look, when it rains, us women all run anyway, you know, <laughs> because we know our hair's going to go frizzy, right? So it's like we don't want our hair wet anyway. So – it's really user-friendly, easy to apply, and, you know, you can pick that up at, you know, not just trichology clinics like myself, but you can also pick that up from Chemist Warehouse online. So those things are available for people, and they should be without people having to pay a lot of money. Things have to be affordable and sustainable. That, I think, is really important because, Yeah, for me, I want my patients to be able to have all these ongoing treatments, whether they do them through me, whether they get products through me. That doesn't matter. It's I want to educate and keep everyone safe. And as a consequence, our consultations, for example, go that little bit longer because I'm trying to explain to everybody what is. It's not just about their hair loss. It's about 
the dryness or the damage or can shampoos grow hair? Because no, they can't. I sort of dispel those myths. Mm. Look, I love a certain brand out there, but it's not just that brand that is good. You could get something from the supermarket, the chemist, your hair salon or from me. And as long as it's the right product and it makes your hair feel good, then but you shouldn't be spending. I mean, I've had patients come in that have spent $500 on a shampoo and conditioner. Wow. And it's like, yeah, and that's not nice. That's not okay. Yeah, for those patients, I'll often say, look, you can get that from the supermarket, that from the chemist, that from me. So there's choices. Which is fantastic. So Kay, this has been so informative. So thank you so much. And I think what I've taken away is how important it is to get that diagnosis first and then you know which path to go down. So I think that's so vital. And then there's so much hope as well, knowing that hair can grow back depending on what route you take, which is based on the diagnosis as well. How important nutrition, nutrients, stress management, all of that plays a role as well. So, Kate, I'm curious, how do you look after yourself in terms of sort of stress and creating this work-life balance? Life is very busy. In terms of de-stressing, I think my bird and my dog help me to de-stress, to be honest, because I'll often, when I get home, you know, the, the animals are just so wonderful. You know, they'll greet you at the door and they love you and they'll cuddle you forever. And then I have a bird that just loves me to death. And as I'm And I never, can I just say, I didn't want a dog or a bird, but as a consequence, they both love me to death and follow me everywhere. And so I'll have the bird hanging off me, you know, while I'm doing things around the house. (laughs) I mean, the bird could just fly around, but it will just, so I find it very therapeutic. So I think there's a lot of therapy in animals, you know, and just taking time out for ourselves, you know, because I think as mothers, as women, we tend to be about everybody else, don't we? So I think sometimes it is just about sort of taking that time to do something for you. I agree. How beautiful. And before we let you go, where can people find you? Okay, so I'm in a few locations. So I'm at Collingwood at the Mint Clinic. So you can find me in Collingwood. I'm also in East Melbourne. Hopper's Crossing, so I'm out there in the western suburbs for the western side of town and Williamstown. And Williamstown is where I have the beautiful salon and you can come in and relax. And And we also do their psoriasis treatments. And I just, I think for people that have psoriasis, quite often they're a bit lost with treatments and getting rid of that buildup. And so I love that we have that available for those those types of clients too because it is traumatic when they're sort of flaking and dandruff every time and they just can't get rid of it. Yeah, so they're my locations, four locations, but eventually world Australia-wide first. I really just want to genuinely help people and, and, and change the world and it's not just about Melbourne trichology, but, you know, let's just make everyone better and if we can educate people in hairdressers, you know, this is, I think, this is a good way to go. Thank you, Kay. I will add your website to the show notes, which is melbournetrichology.com.au. And you're also on Instagram, which I've started following. And I love your videos, your short videos, oh, and all the common myths. So that's brilliant, Kay. So thank you very much thank for you. today. 
Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Sherman. Okay. Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take home message today? Remember it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit the Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au for more resources on how to de-stress, re-energize and reclaim your health. Enjoy the journey.